Well, I want to thank you for being here today. I have to actually be honest with you. I had no idea if we would have anybody or not. But, you know, uh, we got a God that's living on the inside of us that protects us from any of this stuff that's going on. And, you know, it really kind of makes you look around at all these people that say, I trust in God, but I don't know about this. You know, the thing, I know that, that it can be kind of a problem at times, but we was talking, you know, and like I said, we've never seen such a panic over toilet paper. I mean, I was telling Jeff this morning that I almost posted on Facebook, come to Solid Rock Bible Church this morning and get a free roll of toilet paper. <laughs> but I was afraid somebody would take me up on it, you know. And, uh, but it, it is just, it's just something else. It, this just goes to show how easy man can be manipulated. One little word from the media, we go crazy. Look at all the stuff we've been through. All the flus, Ebola, everything else, and there was no reaction like this. And most people say that this here is really nothing more than the flu. And everybody that has succumbed to death or what was somebody with a lot of underlying circumstances. You know, Lyndon Jerry Bowen here, I wasn't expecting Jerry here. He's got those underlying circumstances. He's in his last stages of COPD. Now he honestly does not need to be out around a bunch of people that somebody might, it might not even be this coronavirus, it could just be anything, and he catch it. And it could, that could be his downfall right there. So we do have to take precautions, but we also have to trust God. You know, we, started, we sung a song there just a while ago and I was thinking about it. Standing on the promises of God. How many of you have certain promises in God's Word that you stand on, that you can say, God, I know that I know that I know that you're with me. I've got one that I use it, and because it, it means a lot to me. It's Isaiah 43. When you go through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you go through the fire, you shall not even have the flame to kindle on you. Or when you come out of that fire, my friend, you're not even going to have a smell of smoke on you. He says, for I am the Lord your God, your Savior. Now, if you can't stand on a promise like that, what are you going to stand on? He says, for God is a God that cannot lie. He tells us something, you can count on it. You can believe it. Over in Isaiah 55, he says, for, for the words that go forth from my mouth shall not return to me void, but they shall accomplish those things which I send them out to do. When God speaks something, you can believe it and you can count on it. 
You don't have to doubt it. You just say, well, God said it, then so be it. So be it. In other words, you're just saying, God said it, amen. That amen just simply means so be it. You're agreeing with God. And that's what God wants us to do. Agree with him, trust in him, stand on his word. He said, you stand on my word, I'll show you what I can do. So, just remember, God loves you and he's with you. This morning, no, this wasn't in my sermon. Uh, this, wasn't, this didn't cost you a penny. <laughs> I've entitled my sermon this morning, The Power That Is In Us. And I think nearly every one of you know what I'm talking about. What is the power that is in you? What is that power that God has put in you? It is simply the power and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit that He has placed on the inside of man. The Bible teaches us that we are in a great spiritual battle, and we all know it. Every one of us go through a battle probably daily. We've got an enemy out there that wants to do us in. Matter of fact, and I quote it a lot because it's true, John 10.10, 10, for Satan comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is his primary job. That is what he has came to this earth to do. To steal, steal your hope, steal your faith. To actually just kill you if he can and to destroy any hope you have in Jesus Christ. That's why he comes. But then right behind that, Jesus Christ says, but I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. So he says, hey, you got a choice. Which one are you going to take? And sometimes we don't think about it. We see these words, but we don't really put them in our heart. Satan is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And people say, well, why? You know, and, and, and I don't know. I don't really know if we can even answer that question. Why did God create Satan if he's going to do all this? Well, in heaven, and God on his throne, and Satan seeing how mighty that God is, he got jealous. Pride built up in Satan. He says, I want to sit on a throne above God. I want to be above God. I want people worshiping me, falling at my feet, singing songs to me to put their worship in me. I'm going to read you a few scriptures here that shows what took place in heaven. How Satan failed and came to this earth. It'll be up here, it'll be Revelations chapter 12, verse, I mean, yeah, Revelation. Verses 7. And a lot of us have probably, and we may have never even read this, and I'm sure many of you have. But I want you to listen to this. It, it, it's got a pretty good ex explanation of what happened, what took place to cause Satan to be on this earth causing the problems he's causing. <clears throat> in verse 7, it says, And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought, and his angels and prevailed not. 
neither was there a place found in heaven. Say, and his angels fought against Michael and his angels. Now remember, Michael is what we call God's warring angel. If there was a problem that, 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 that needed force, he sent Michael. Gabriel, that was God's messenger angel. Remember, it was Gabriel that came to Mary and told her that she was going to have the Lord Jesus. But Michael was a tough angel. He was the one that stood up to all problems that God had. It said, uh, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Satan, when he rebelled against God in heaven, he had a war with Michael and his angels. Michael won that war, and Satan was cast out of heaven down to earth. Many people ask, does Satan live in hell? Not at the present time, no. Satan lives right here on this earth, walking to and fro throughout the earth, seeking whom he may devour. He's not in hell. He will be one of these days. But right now, he's not. Many people think, well, I guess Satan's down there in hell. No, he's not. He's right here bugging you, tempting you, trying to devour you. But anyway, it goes on, it said, in, in which deceived the whole world. We're told that one-third of the angels of heaven came with Satan. They were cast out of heaven too. They sided with Satan. You know, the Bible tells us that Satan is the father of all lies and the truth is not in him. If, if you have any doubt about that, think about this. All these one-third of angels God created knew God, knew his power, knew his love, knew everything about him, but yet Satan lied to them and they believed Satan. And he was with God all, and these angels were around God all the time. So if you think God, that Satan can't convince you of something, always remember he convinced one-third of God's angels to leave God and come with him. He's trying to convince you to leave God and walk with him. Be alert. I'll read that scripture to you in a minute about being alert. He said, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Of our brethren is cast down. He's been cast out of heaven, which accused them before our God day and night. Every time a man, a Christian, would do something, God, I mean, excuse me, Satan would go before God. God, did you see what they just did? Look at that, God. And they call themselves your people. It says that Satan was also called the accuser of the brethren. He accuses us before God, trying to get God to disown us and to cast us away from him. God will not do that. God knows our heart. God is so different from man. Man, we look on the outside. It's what we see looking on the outside. But it says that God 
looks upon the heart. He looks at your heart. He don't look at your outer appearance. He don't look at how you dress. But he does look at that heart and see what your love is for him. And in verse 11, it said, talking about the people, it said, and they over, <coughs> excuse me, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Now this here ought to tell us something. This last verse I'm going to read. God says, Therefore rejoice, you in heaven, and you But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having wrath, knowing because he only has a short time. God, Satan knows he only has a short time to try to turn you away from God. He's going to do everything that he can to discourage you and to turn you away from God. Woe it says, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Woe means suffering, grief. That's what Satan does. He brings all these things into our life and then blames God and tries to convince us, God did this to you. God did this to you. No, God didn't do it. Satan and his demons are working night and day, 24 hours a day, to destroy God's people. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6.12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weaknesses in high places. We are not each other's enemy. Many people look at, look at somebody, oh, well, and I ask my him, no. Satan is working in him against you. It's not the man. It's Satan. He, and he works night and day. And then this is why I talk about where to go. And then Peter tells us <clears throat> that when these things happen, he says, 1 Peter 5, 8, says, be or be be vigilant, which is on guard, because of your adversary or your enemy, the devil. He is as a roaring lion walking up, seeking whom he may devour. He is always looking for the opportunity to come against you about something. To discourage you. We're going to be at war constantly until our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ comes back for us. Satan is relentless. But it says over there too, submit to God and then resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? Through God's word. We tell, we tell the devil what God said. That's how Jesus came against him whenever the devil came against him, tempting him out in the desert. Remember the first thing, the devil knows your weakness. He knows where you're apt to fall. He knows the temptations that will come against you. He knows what you like. And he'll bring these type of temptations against him. Jesus, for 40 days and 40 nights, had been without food. 
What is the first thing Satan tempted him with? Food. If, he ain't even trying to get Jesus to doubt himself. If you be the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. He knew Jesus was hungry. He had to be hungry. That was his first temptation against Jesus. Tempted him with food because he knew that he had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. But what did Jesus say? But it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but, for, but, of ever, but out of the mouth of God that precedes his word. Or out of the mouth of God his word. You live by what God has spoken. You shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Live on that word. That is a living word. That is a word that will fill you, inspire you, to raise you up. When you get God's word in you, you can't help but feel the power going through you. Because you know it's God. You know that God is there with you. <clears throat> it says, and up here a while ago in Ephesians 6.12, it mentioned spiritual forces of evil, which is referring to demonic spirits or the fallen angels if you want to. It would be interesting to know how many angels God created I have found nowhere in there it gives us a number. But we know it's many. But a third of them fail. But you know the good news is two-thirds of them are still for us and with God. So there's more that be with us than that be against us. God is going to be victorious in all things. He will be victorious. <clears throat> you know, John writes, and this is something, John writes to the false prophets. Man that brings the word of God to you falsely. He'll turn God's word around to say what the devil wants you to say. And it'll sound good. Notice something. <clears throat> In 1 John 4.1, it tells us something. And I do. Beloved, every spirit but by the spirits. Or test the spirits and what it said by God's word. If God's word does not match up with what was spoken, forget it. Forget it. Test the spirits. See if the word that was spoken matches up with what God said. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. There's many false prophets out there that are giving the wrong word from God. They're not giving God's word. They're scooting around main things, making it sound good, but it's not God's word. 
They're lying. They're creating problems in your life. Match up and see if what is said is what God's Word is saying. If it's not, don't hear it. Don't get away from it. Because all, of all the things Satan brings against us, many people feel like it's useless. Every time I, how many of y'all have thought, it don't make it, everything I do, it seems like something comes against me. Something's just there. It comes against me. It does. If you're serving God, Satan and his demons come against you. They try to turn you away from God. They try to make you even doubt your own salvation. They try to make you doubt God. Stay in his word. Stay in God's word. And listen to what he tells you. Here in 1 John 4, 4, it tells us something. Now, to me, this is the good news. John tells us in 1 John 4, 4, you are God, little children. We belong to God. We are God's children. And you have overcame them. Who? You've overcame the spirits of evil. You've overcame the demons. You've overcome the false prophets because you've been with God. You checked out everything. You go back and check God's word to see if you were given the correct word. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God loved you so much, the day that you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he did something really wonderful for you. He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of you. He knew what you was going to go through. He knew the problems that you was going to have. He sent you a helper. He sent you somebody to help you get through this life, to help you to walk with him. The he that John is talking about, like I said, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside of every believer, and he has the power to help you overcome evil. That Holy Spirit has, has the power to help you overcome evil. evil. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit, is it, well, the Bible teaches us that the moment of salvation, like I just said, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell and live on the inside of you. That moment you accept Jesus Christ, you become a new person. You become a new person. In the men's breakfast yesterday, I, I quoted a scripture. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, any man, excuse me, I was getting on another scripture. It said, for thou, there is no condemnation in those who walk after the flesh, who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. For now, the very moment, that now is right then and now, the moment that you accept Jesus Christ, He come, that Holy Spirit comes 
and dwells in you. And if you will walk after the Spirit, the Spirit of God, doing the things that God tells us to do, living for God, and not after the flesh, which is after the world, the things of the world, you're not under condemnation. You know what condemnation is? That's judgment. For now there is no condemnation or there is no judgment in those who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Because the moment you accepted Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross, you were judged right then and there and fell not because of the blood that you took upon yourself. He sees you no, you yourself are not righteous. You know what he does? He sees the righteousness of his son Jesus Christ in you. He sees his son in you. Because he come and died in your place. He took your sins. He traded his righteousness for our sin. And that's what God sees. He doesn't see your sin because it's, it's been gotten done away with. He says, I will remember it no more. God doesn't remember your past sin because of his son Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. Directly from God the Father to us. Say, Lord, come in. Be my Lord, be my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. At that very moment, God sends his Holy Spirit to you to live on the inside of you. What is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the very Spirit of God himself. His Spirit to live on the inside of you. You know, way to help us overcome the things that the enemy brings against us. The Holy Spirit gives us that power. The demonic things, the evil things that come against us. Jesus referred to the, to the Spirit as another comforter because Jesus is also our comforter. Do y'all realize that right now that Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven? It, it says that he's sitting at the right hand of God the Father interceding for us. When we pray, our prayers go to Christ. Christ presents those prayers to the Father. He's interceding for us, for the things that are coming against us, for the things that we need. He, our desires, our health, Whenever we're down and sick, we can pray to God the Father for his healing. God wants us healed. God doesn't want us sick. God wants us healed. Why does he say, speak to the mountain of life? Speak. He doesn't say, see if you can climb over that mountain. He says, speak to that mountain and if you speak to it and you, and you do have no doubt that mountain has to move. It has to be cast from here to over yonder. It has to get out of your way. 
He says, if you have the faith, that of just a mustard seed. They say the mustard seed is the smallest seed of all seeds. But it grows into one of the greatest trees that there are. Do you have the faith of a mustard seed? Is your faith, is it that small? God says if it's just that small. You know, you know what God's really saying? If you have the faith of the mustard seed, I can see some faith there and it gives me something to work with. God will increase your faith. He will grow your faith in him. But you have to believe. You have to use that faith. You have to, you have to help that faith grow. You have to believe. In Romans 8.34, I told you that Jesus was sitting at the right hand of God. 8.34 confirms that. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died. Yes, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? He's saying, that Jesus right now is sitting at the right hand of God. When Jesus left this earth, when he walked this earth, he left it to go be with God the Father. He said, but I will send you another helper or a comforter. And that comforter is the Holy Spirit. What does comforter mean? Who is this comforter? What does he do? Comforter actually just means the one who comes along beside you to help you through your situations. You've got the very Spirit of God helping you through the things that are coming against you. Many of us don't realize the power that's on the inside of us simply because we've accepted Jesus Christ. God sent a power to live on the inside of you to help you overcome the obstacles they're going to come against you. God knows what you're going through. He knew you was going to go through things. He said, on this earth you shall have tribulation. He said, I had tribulation when I walked this earth. So you certainly will. But he sent us a helper. While the Lord is in heaven helping us, the Holy Spirit is inside of us helping us. He is teaching us. He's praying. He is teaching us what Jesus has told us. He is empowering us to do what Jesus said we could do. Jesus also tells us that the Spirit will always guide us into truth. The Spirit will never, ever lie to you. The Spirit will never force you to do anything that you don't want to do. But that Spirit will never, ever lie to you. He will guide you into truth. Jesus calls him the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit will never lead us astray. We do not have to have faith because we have God in us. God in us is Emmanuel, which means for God is with us. God has not forsaken us. He has not left us. He is dwelling on the inside of us by His Holy Spirit. He's walking with us. 
His hand is upon you. I, like I said before, there's many people in here today that could give you a testimony of how God's hand has been on them and has brought them, might as well say, out of death, out of blindness, out of deafness. There's a number of people in here today that God has touched. He has restored. God restored what the devil has stolen. That's the way God is. Put your faith in God. Don't put your faith in all this media and stuff that we hear. Look at God's word and see, God says, I will do this. I will do that. I am your God. My hand is up on you. My eyes are up on you. I'm watching over you. My righteous right hand is on you. You know what righteous right hand means? That simply means the power of God is on you. Right hand stood for the power of God. God's with us. He's not against us. And just to show you, he gives you a spirit on the inside of you that is his spirit that will guide you into all truth and all ways. Jesus said that spirit will remind you of all the things that I said. But there's a catch to that too. First of all, you have to read what Jesus said. If you don't open up your Bible, how do you know what to pray? How do you know what to stand on? How do you know what Jesus said? How do you know how much God loves you? It's all in the Word. But if you don't open up that Word and get it on the inside of you, you're lost. You're out there stumbling around because you don't have God's Word in you. You love God, but you just don't have His Word in you. Open your Bible. See what God says. And then stand on that word. Not the word of the world, but on what God says. Because like, like he said, that spirit of truth will be there for you. It will be in you. Match up with words spoken if they are saying what God said. If they are, get them in your heart. If they're not, don't listen to them. God loves you. He wants the best for you. He's done everything that he's going to do. He sent his son to die for you. Jesus isn't coming back to die again. He's already done it. Don't have to. Now, it's up to us. Are we going to believe what God has said? Are we going to trust the Spirit in us? Are we going to believe that Jesus died and rose again? He's sitting right at the very hand of God right now, interceding for us. When you're walking daily through this world, and you're not walking alone, that Holy Spirit is walking with you, guiding you, and speaking the truth to your heart. Just listen and pay attention.
He is with us. He'll never leave you. It's what he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I won't abandon you. I love you too much. Trust him. Praise him. Give him thanks. Every morning when you get up out of that bed, that ought to be one of the first things you do, is praise God for another day. That he's with you, he's walking with you, and he's there. If you're here today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, if you feel like, I don't know if I really know Jesus, we have an altar up here that you can come down. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. Reveal God's love to you and how much he loves you. You don't have to walk through all this mess alone. God wants to walk with you. He wants to go through it with you. He knows there's going to be days of those valleys, but he also knows with him you're going to have many days on the hilltop. Trust him, love him, serve him, have faith in him, and believe what his word says. That's what God wants. Believe what his word says. But if you're I'm going to ask the band to come up. If you're here today, you just need to just, Lord, I feel like I need a closer walk with you. I feel like, Lord, that I'm not as close as I used to be. You know, people have that tendency of kind of drifting away at times, missing church, not coming to church like they used to. I got a sermon. I'm going to do it one of these days, and you're not going to like it. But you need to hear it. Because it speaks the truth. And if we don't speak God's truth, what do you have? I'm almost through with it. But if you're here today and you need just to have a moment with God, this is the day. This is a day of salvation. Don't put it off if you don't know Jesus. You might meet somebody that has coronavirus. This would be a good time to tell those that do, do you know Jesus? Let me introduce you to him. We never know from one moment to the next. For he is appointed unto man to die once, then the judgment. We don't know what day that appointment is. The only thing we can do is be ready. Are you ready? If not, this would be a good moment to get ready. So I'll ask the band to play, but if you just need to feel like you need to be closer or just have a little talk with God, kind of like to have a little talk with Jesus. He likes that. He likes to talk to you. Or if you just need a touch, I'll be glad to pray for you and anoint you with oil. Today is a day that God has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. He's still on the throne. If y'all play.